It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We've asked the question time and time again over the last few weeks, does A-Day matter? We find that out on today's Locked On Auburn. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. He joins us as many Fridays as possible, Justin Ferguson, for a little Ferg Friday action. Of course, he with the Auburn Observer. And you answered a question, Jay Ferg, that I've been asking on this show for weeks, and I really ask the question every year around this time, is how much does A-Day actually matter? And one of your newsletters this week laid it out beautifully. I'd love to, I'd love it if you would share your thoughts on that. Yeah, so um, this was actually an idea that I got from a friend of mine who covers Michigan um, and does kind of a similar thing uh, to what we do at The Observer, cool. but covering, uh, covering Michigan. Um, and... What they were trying to figure out is they had that same question, like how much does how much can you really learn from a spring game? Right. And so the way they attacked it was they went through Michigan didn't really start doing spring games like a real spring game until 2009, and so they went back since 2009 and they made an all spring game team. And so they picked the best performances pretty much at every position. You know, it's very very much you've seen an off season kind of thing of an all time team or something like that. They wanted to do just based on spring game performances. And then listed them out and said, okay, did this actually mean anything? Did this actually show anything? Um, and so I thought, hey, man, it would be a cool idea to do with Auburn because that's a question, like you were saying, like that's a question that we get every year around this time. And, and what I found was, you know, big picture-wise and like team-wise, you might not be able to learn a lot. Right. But I do think if an individual has a really good A-Day game, more often than not, the really good ones have usually mattered. It's usually like meant something. Either that's a player that um, you're already going to rely on for the upcoming year, or if it's somebody that kind of broke out, a newcomer or somebody who was down on the depth chart. Um, you know, more often than not, for Auburn, you know, it, since the I guess the start of the Chiswick era, it, it really has meant something um, because guys have been able to carry that momentum in there. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like the opposite of my view on recruiting where it's like, yeah, star, like recruiting stars, right? On a micro level, it doesn't really matter quite as much. Um, a, a guy who's a three-star can end up being a really, really good player. Roger McCreary is, you know, potentially going to be a first, second round draft pick. Right. Um, not every five-star makes it, right? But you need to recruit macro level. You have to recruit at a really high level to compete. It's the opposite, I think, when you look at a spring game. Macro, you're probably not going to get a whole lot, you know, in terms of learning stuff, especially – with a spring game like Auburn just had where there were so many injuries and, and, and there were, you know, it was hard to kind of get a good read on everything, but history, recent history has told us on a micro level, if a guy pops or, you know, plays really, really well, very few times have we seen a guy do exceptionally well in, in a spring game and it just not pan out uh, in the regular season. And it's just kind of certain positions and, and, and the way things fall. But um, yeah, it was, it was really interesting to, to, to see that like, man, if you look at the best of the best performances in spring games, over the last decade plus, um, you know, th there's a there's a lot of good omens, I think, um, you know, for guys who do well. So what constitutes 
doing well? Because, I mean, it seems mm-hmm. like we've seen receivers make big plays and, and, and lead the team in receiving, and then, like, they don't crack the rotation that year and eventually right. transfer out. Um, but So what constitutes doing well? And then follow-up question to that, who did well in this year's A-Day game? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I think wide receiver is such an interesting one because that's the one position group for Auburn where you're like, man, like, historically, recently, like, you don't really know what you got right. uh, in there. Um, so, you have, like, at wide receiver, uh, you had some some performances over the years, like a Seth Williams or a Duke Williams, or it's like, okay, that, that, that made sense. But the really big ones, there was Myron Burton Jr. a few years ago, um, you know, Quindarius Carr in the 2010 season, guy who did not turn into a – you know, a top receiver for Cam Newton and them, but was a great punt returner. Um, so, yeah, I, I think wide receiver is like one of those spots where that was the big iffy one, but that kind of makes sense given like what we've seen from the wide receiver position as a You're whole right. at Auburn, yeah, sure. uh, you know, over the last 10, 15 years. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's just one of those things where like if guys like we're, we're talking like top level performances, we're talking like the best of the best from a certain game. So for this one, you know, Robbie Ashford did not have the best numbers of a quarterback at A-Day. Jarrett Stidham, Nick Marshall, Jeremy Johnson had a really good A-Day game as well. But more often than not, you see when quarterbacks do really, really well, it, it, it means something. Um, the funny thing there, is obviously, is that Cam Newton had a terrible A-Day game and then still got the starter and was the best quarterback Auburn's ever had. Right. Um, so I, I think Robbie Ashford's a good example. I, I, you know what? When I was looking through the stats, trying to build out the defense, because a little tougher on defense with the stats and the way they rotate. Um, yeah, so much defensive hard... stuff is, is eye test, right? Right. Yeah. Defense, there was, you know, I was having a hard time finding out some certain positions. Linebacker was one of them. So I think in a case like what we saw at the 8 day game, guys like Cam Riley and Wesley Stein, I thought that was like, that was probably my big takeaway from the 8 day game was that this is a position group. It's got a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. What are you going to look like reloading? I thought those guys played really well. And that's a good sign. You know, it's not going to say that they're guaranteed to be, you know, ultra successes this upcoming season, but you know, a really productive linebacker to that level, you know, you haven't seen a ton of those in spring games over the years for Auburn. And that was at the perfect time. Cause like a lot of people are looking at that position and say, okay, which one of these guys is going to step up. And uh, I, I thought both Riley and Steiner did. And even the second team guys, the, the guys down on the down or down further on the depth chart, I thought all of them kind of made some sort of play. You saw like guys like Cameron Brown and Powell Gordon almost come up with turnovers. Like there, yeah. there were some big plays out there from those guys. Right. You now, I think the linebacking core was one of the strengths of A-Day. No, there's no question yeah. about it. But you, you mentioned Ashford briefly there. Mm-hmm. And in most comment sections in the Auburn corners of the internet, um, Robbie Ashford is, is the next coming of whatever great athlete you want to say. And I'm not saying that he's not. Uh, I, I right. think, to me, he was the most impressive player on A-Day. But I'm just making the case mm-hmm. of what happens in A-Day doesn't matter. So is is that too lazy of me? Um, what are your thoughts on Ashford in, you know, as far as Ashford with, the, with this conversation? I, I think when you you got to put it in context, right? He was with yeah. the second-team offense. He was against the first-team defense. This is a guy we have not seen at the college level yet. So there was a lot of aspects of him playing and operating the offense where it was like, wow, that's – I mean, we knew he was a great athlete. We knew he had a great arm. We knew he could move. But the fact that he was able to look as good as he did, I think, meant a lot. But to your point, when you're talking about a battle and you're talking about who's going to come out and win this job, you got to keep in mind that was one practice out of 15. That was one scrimmage out of three. Also, 
the guy that I think would have been the, probably the preseason favorite to start just because of who, when they brought him in and what he did before, Zach Calzada, was limited, right? Yeah, so right. we have not even seen the full scope of this battle yet. If Ashford would have done this when everybody was like at full speed, you know, if, if Calzada was fully ready to go and all that, maybe it means a little more in terms of the battle. But I, th- I think in terms of an individual's performance, I think of like what he's got and what he showed, it's a really good sign for Robbie Ashford. I think he's a guy that has proven that he's got he's got the tools, and if he keeps working at it, that he could be a really good quarterback. Yeah. Now, is that going to be in 2022 for Auburn? Is that going to be for Auburn at all? Who knows? Right. But I, I think it was a really I, I think it was a really good time. But I think everything needs to come in context of this was just one piece of a big puzzle and a puzzle that's going to continue to add pieces until um, you know the the first scrimmage of, of fall camp when they look like they're going to start making some separation. I think if Calzada was a hundred percent, I think it might, it might would have mattered more, not saying sure. that you should take anything away from it. It's just, you know, it's not the full scope. I, I like that you mentioned there were three scrimmages in spring. Is yeah. a day the most important scrimmage Are all three of them equal Are the two behind closed doors more important than a day. Uh, so it depends on how, how much work you get. Right. Um, usually that first, usually that first one's very vanilla. The second one, you start to get a lot more stuff going on. Right. And the third, here's the other thing about a day. (laughs) That game was 32 minutes long, right? Yeah. The, the second half was running clock. You know, like, so it, it wasn't as it should be, by the way, right? Exactly. As it should be. Right. Uh, don't don't let every don't have everybody hang out there for too long. And number two, don't charge money. But like that's we talked about this a while back. It's ridiculous. Like, yeah. As as long as I mean, like, as long as they can get hundreds of thousands of dollars from it, they're gonna do it. Like you know, that's just like uh, it's it's one of those things that's kind of ridiculous. But it is what it is. They need to pay um, all those marketing people, man. And uh, the <laughs> I think the thing I think the thing with. Um, uh, you know, I, I think the thing with that is that you, it is the last one of spring. It is the last thing for a while Yeah. before you go. So it does have that kind of importance, but yeah, there's some of it that you're just, you're not going to show a ton in an eight day game. You're not going to give a full scope of it. But what I did think is that, especially that first half for Auburn in that eight day game, I thought, and you could even include the third quarter, even though the clock was running quick. Um, you know, I thought it looked it didn't look super vanilla to me. Like they were trying things and like, um, you know, it it was, it was looking, they were trying to, trying to use this. And they said that going into the, to, to, to the scrimmage where it was like, this is our 15th practice. Like we got, we got to get actual good work in it. This ain't a dress rehearsal. So, yeah, I think it, I think it mattered a little bit more. Um, but I think it's more of like one of those things where it's like, it's the lasting impression, uh, when it comes to the coaches for everybody on the outside, it's like literally all you're going to be talking about for the next few months. So, yeah, you know, I guess it matters in that, in that, in that sense. One of the listeners in locked on Auburn discord wants to hear from Justin in regards to what would an off season win for Brian Harson be? We'll talk about that in just a moment, but I, w- I want to tell you about our friends at built bar built bar is the protein bar that looks and tastes like a candy bar. And they've got a ton of different flavors going on right now at built.com. If you type in built.com right now, the first thing you see is mint puffs are back. Look, I am not a huge mint fan, but mint marshmallow does sound pretty good. They've also got peanut butter, yellow chirps, blueberry muffin, coconut marshmallow, churro puffs, 
All that sounds and looks delicious. So I encourage you to head over to Built.com and check out all of their great, delicious, and healthy products at Built.com. And when you make your purchase, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is Built.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That is at Built.com. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Justin Ferguson, before we jump into some listener questions, uh, how can people support you? Read all of the stuff that you have going on throughout this offseason. Yeah, auburnobserver.com, $6 a month or $60 a year gets you signed up for everything. You can go on the website and uh, you can look at, I mean, what I've gotten now is like you can read at least the beginning of pretty much every newsletter. I'm going to give you something. You're going to get to test it out a little bit. And then we do podcasts as well. There's a free one on the weekends, usually on Mondays is when it was that one comes out in the off season. We have another one comes out Thursday or Fridays only for uh, subscribers. Um, and yeah, got a lot of stuff with football and men's basketball this week. But the story we talked about in the first segment um, had a story about Auburn's edge rushers, uh, Echo Iliota and uh, Derek Hall. Um, quick little note here. I don't know if people realize those two guys had the, the most sacks. They had 16 sacks last season. That's the most a pair of Auburn teammates has combined for in a season since Antoine Carter and Nick Fairley in the 2010 season. How about very, that? Very, very productive. Yeah, very, wow. very productive both of those guys were. And they've got room to grow. Um, had a story on them and then a story on a uh, Wendell Green Jr. I'm trying to do a deep dive on every returning player for Auburn basketball at, at some point this offseason. I did one on Jalen Williams, did one on Wendell uh, this week that, that a lot of people seem to enjoy. So you can check that out uh, there as well. AuburnObserver.com. Do you think you'll be doing one on Alan Flanagan? I think I'll be doing one on Alan. Okay. All right, we'll see. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll, see. we'll see. We'll see how we'll see how the off season goes. Yeah, it, it could be crazy. I have no idea. All right, uh, questions locked on Auburn Discord. If you want to join the locked on Auburn Discord, uh, the link to join is in the episode description down below. Um, Tom Cat asks for the summer to be considered a win. What does Harson and staff need to accomplish? Yeah, there's only so much you can do in the summer, right? Right. You know, I, I think. It's kind of like with spring practice, whatever we learned, whatever we took away from spring ball, it's not going to matter unless it, it turns in actual results in the fall. Right. And when we put like a great example was the offensive line. I know they were banged up uh, the, the, the spring, but people are like, what are we seeing from the offensive line? You got to, we, you know, got to have improvement. It's like, okay, whatever is said about the offensive line right now is not going to matter if it doesn't produce in September and October. So you just got to sit down and wait. Yeah. Um, which is tough because that, like that's no fun for any of us. Uh, you know, including those of us who have to do this for a living. Um, I, I think for a win in the summer, they've got to they've got to get the momentum really rolling for the 2023 class. Right. Uh, I think the whole visit every high school in the state of Alabama thing is a really cool way to g- generate excitement and attention. Um, you know, it, taking advantage of the situation for sure. They got to get some momentum rolling um, because. I don't think you're going to necessarily want to be in a spot where you're where like last year where it's like, okay, to make this class work, you're going to have to do a whole lot of work down the stretch. Um, you know, I, I get that going, but I think for 2022 in, in particular, I, I think a win, a huge win would be if they could produce some sort of wide receiver to come in as a graduate transfer as in the transfer portal to immediately help them out. 
And I think they need to depth the edge rusher position. Anything other than that, I think, is just kind of bonus. I think it's not necessarily something that's going to impact wins and losses as much in the 2022 season. Yeah. So I think the big win is, you know, do the work in recruiting, get some reinforcements to come in through the portal, uh, and then get everybody healthy. Just stay, everybody stay healthy. And, uh, you know, you know, one of the things I was thinking about this week, um, going through some of the old stuff uh, yeah. with, with Auburn is that, um, you know, it used to be like when I was in college and right out of college in the summer, um, you would always have to like be on high alert for like guys getting in trouble or something like something wild happening in the off season, you know, really for the last several years, you really haven't had to deal with that right. uh, as much. And that's a great sign. So I think that along with getting everybody healthy, I mean, it's just, it's easy wins. You're not going to win, you know, anything in the fall, in the summer, but you can definitely help yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's all about recruiting and branding and messaging and yeah. Ever since, you know, Auburn announced they were keeping him, I think he's been great at leading the charge with all that. So I think the next step, now that they can go on the road, the college coaches can leave campus and interact with recruits, yeah. um, That that's going to be the biggest thing. You know, how many, I mean, he needs to live at Thompson High School, like as much as possible, and, and your Hoovers, and, you know, oh, it's a lunch break, let's go to see Opelika, Auburn, or Phoenix City. Like, you know, you, uh, go to all of those places and just build relationships, and so... That's good. Yep. Yeah, that, that's it. And then the transfer portal, you know, I, I'm with you there. Unless you get a receiver, like I, I don't see a whole lot of positions where like if you go get a guy in the portal, he's going to like start. He may yeah, play, exactly. he may be in a rotation, but I, I just don't think you're going to bring in that many starters at this point of the process. Yeah, but no. can, can you get redshirt freshmen that are former four stars at other schools that have potential, and for one reason or another, they, they weren't yep. happy with where they're at, and they could be really, mm-hmm. really big pieces moving forward. That, that to me is it. Um, yeah. you know, find yeah. those guys that are investments in the future, right? Right. Yeah, I think that's. A, I think that would be the next thing, and that would be kind of like along the line of scrimmage. You would see that offense and defensive line. Right. I think that would be an interesting. But yeah, like. The thing about this Auburn team, which is so interesting to me this, this upcoming season, where it's like outside of a couple of positions, you feel really good about their top-level talent. Like, they've got dudes, they've got starters, they've got experience, they've got talent. There's a couple of positions that need to prove something, right, obviously. But, you know, it's the depth. You lost so many guys in the portal, and you can't replace all of them. But what can you do to kind of, like, you know, keep it going? And that's where I think edge is big because, you know – Dylan Brooks, his development is one of the biggest things that's going to happen this offseason just because he's it. He's it behind Eculiota and Derek Hall. And it's like, if one of those guys gets hurt, well, it's, that's on you now. And if yeah. two guy, two of those three get hurt, you're like, man, what in the world are you going to do at that, yeah, it's at like, that point? Joko Willis, can you play edge? <laughs> yeah, you're going to start moving guys around. Yeah. yeah, and so I think that's the thing. Is like, as much as you can reinforce depth at some of these spots, it will be huge. Right. Justin Ferguson, our guest. We hit on more listener questions in just a moment. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info, whether it's the NBA playoffs or Major League Baseball, or if you're listening to this, you're probably a college football junkie and you know your stuff. Head over to BetOnline and check out all of their futures, props, and over-unders as far as you know win totals and things like that. They've got a ton of different college football and NFL lines already up for you to indulge and get in on the action. So check it all out at Bet Online, where the game starts. The NCAA tournament is almost here. 
and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Jay Ferg, this is an interesting one. CND asks, what is more likely, a first-year wide receiver starter to lead the team in receiving yardage or a first-year starter on defense to lead the team in tackles? And then the bonus question, who would that wide receiver or defender be? So, to me, I would say a first-year starter on defense lead the team in tackles, and specifically Cam Riley comes to mind. He's just going to be in a situation to possibly have a chance to do that. For a receiver, I would think Tavares Dawson has a chance to do something. I don't think Javaris Johnson really could fall into that because he did start some games last year, if I recall correctly. So yes, I don't yes, know who else that would be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess that's the like the mystery potential like grad transfer or transfer portal guy. Like, you know, that would yeah. probably make a little bit more sense. Sure. A guy like like I'm high on Tavares Dawson. Um, I, I like a lot of some of the, these younger guys, even a guy like Malcolm Johnson Jr. Um, who didn't start any games last year. Good point. Well, I think he might have started one for Auburn, but that's one of those things. Where it's like he's a new starter. Start? Yeah, right. yeah, so, yeah. Who's on the field to start the game? Um, you know, that kind of like even uh, I like those guys a lot. But yeah, you know, you're 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 starting um, linebackers are your best bet to have uh, to lead the team in tackles. Um, especially a guy like look, Zacobe McLean has been a tackle machine the last couple of seasons. How do you replace him? Is a guy like Cam Riley, a guy like Wes Steiner. You know, I think Cam Riley is a great exa- great example of that. If he can just be that tackle machine type of player in that role that Zacoby McLean held for the last two seasons, yeah, that's your easy pick there. Defensive backs could be that mix. It's like, but then again, like, you know, do it, are you going to have a, a brand new starter lead the team in tackles from the DB spot? Because um, then you're probably saying somebody other than Zion Puckett or Donovan Kaufman at safety, probably not. Um, so yeah. yeah, I think it's a really good question. And I think, uh, Riley, I think Riley's probably your best bet there. Um, if a wide receiver blows up this upcoming year, I think you're probably looking at somebody who's not on campus yet, or just somebody who's going to be really, really surprising. Yeah. I'm there with you. I mean, it almost makes me feel like if Auburn has a first year starter lead the team in receiving, that's a good thing for the offense, right? That means somebody stepped be, up. Yeah. It would be somebody, yeah, somebody really – because I, I think – my thing about the receivers is, like, you know what you're going to get out of Shed Jackson at this point, right? Like, I, I think this, this – Around 500 like, yards, you may get two or three still, touchdowns. you need that. You yeah, definitely need right. that. Um, you know, a guy like Javarius Johnson, Javarius Johnson could be, uh, you know, a leading receiver for you just because of the amount of targets he could get, um, sure. you know, as a slot guy. But yeah, I, I think if it's somebody new, if if somebody else just pops, if like we're we're sitting here talking about Malcolm Johnson or Tavares Dawson or new player X, um, yeah. you know, be being your leading receiver, it's like man, there there's some serious work that happened, uh, because I think the guys that are coming back, some of the more established guys, you know what you're going to get out of them. It would right. be very surprising if they just completely dropped off. Um, Jay Ferg, this is an important question that Trey Lee yeah. asks: Which yeah. current Auburn football player? Does Jay Ferg think could have a career in AEW or WWE mm-hmm. or just wrestling in general? You are our resident wrestling, wrestling expert. So I think it's important that you answer this question. 
it's funny because like I think the basketball team has more um of of that I think Katie Johnson because of the personality uh, of it all. Uh, yeah, Katie yeah. Johnson and Dylan Carwell definitely are are ones there. Um, on let's see on on Auburn's football team this year, um, you know I could see a guy. I'm trying to think of like a big. You know what? Personality wise, I think he's got it. Size wise, I think he's got it. He would be a really fun one. Uh, I think he's already got a character built in. I know it's a kind of a you know Auburn fans haven't seen seen much of him right uh, right now, but give me Jeffrey Embaugh with the whole Thanos with the whole Thanos. I get that. Got a great personality, big old dude. Uh, I think, but pretty athletic for his size. Um, I, I think he would be. I think he would be a heck of a pickup. I'm, I'm seeing him as like a seeing him as like a Keith Lee type of a guy in AW. I get that. No, he he's massive. He's imposing. He could do all of the you know the the moves needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the character the the persona is so important too. That's that's a great oh, answer. Sure. That is a great yeah. answer. Thank you, thank you. I, I'm trying to think <laughs> if I, if any other kind of come comes out. You know. Um, well, now That's you got me thinking, is, like, who has nicknames and stuff? Like, Owen oh, Papo could be like the freak or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. My thought just went to the tight end room a little bit because there's so many guys there. Like, um, a guy like Michael Riley Ducker is like the size of a house, and like, he, sure. you know, he he would be he would be Brandon Frazier could be like a Brandon Frazier could be like almost like you know the Undertaker, kind of like just big, tall, and just gonna you know choke slam you. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a number of guys, but I, I don't know. I like Embot because I just know the personality. Great answer. There with him. No, that's that's a fantastic answer. Justin, one more time. How can folks support the Auburn Observer and everything you guys are doing over there? Yeah, AuburnObserver.com subscription six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year. Um, I know it's the off season. I know there's not a whole lot going on, but we've got stuff coming out uh, most every day, whether a, whether it's a newsletter or a podcast on Auburn football and men's basketball. So sign up there, check it out. Yep, great stuff. Be sure to check that out. Auburn Observer. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. We will be back on Monday to recap everything that happened over the weekend. Right here on Locked On Auburn. See ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.